Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Another exciting episode. Today, we're just talking with Justin Grau, who is a lipper, zooming in from Omaha, Nebraska. Now, what I love about Justin is he jumped in and took massive action. And correct me if I'm wrong, Justin, but I think you did 10 flips in your first year in business. Is that correct? Yeah, I purchased 10 and I'm selling. I still got three I'm selling. Well, there you go. Well, doing 10 buys in, in your first year business qualifies you as a serious flipper, if you ask me. So welcome oh, to the nice. show, my friend. How are you doing? Good. Good to be here, Dave. I appreciate being on here. Yeah, no, this is great. So Justin, why don't you tell us a little bit about how you got in this whole wild and wonky world of real estate? What what led you down this path? Yeah. Um, so just briefly, I had some friends that were doing a lot of real estate, um, doing big numbers in the multifamily. And so I was tired of sitting on the sideline, needing to make a change and started looking at the environment and decided, you know, single family flipping and, and eventually holding was where I wanted to at least get started and, and run with for a while. So I did that about a little over a year ago. All right. So as we're recording this right now, we're in March of 2023. So I think you started in March of 2022. So you've been like one full year doing this. Is that correct? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, I had some fits and starts a couple months before, but really got going in March. Okay. Well, it you know, that's a pretty drastic start. So were you, you know, when you first started real estate investing, had you quit your job and you jumped into real estate full time? Do you, are you still working at a different position doing this? You know, how does that look? Yeah, so I still work full time. Uh -huh. I'm in an outside sales position. So I have a little bit of flexibility where I can stop into a house midday on my way to a facility that I'm working at. Okay, that's that's cool. So again, that's even more impressive then because you're working a job and you still got 10 properties going in your first year. How did you make that happen? Um, it was all about really the lead flow and I'm sure I'm absolutely positive I've missed some deals by not being able to to be on the phone at the ready when a new lead comes in but mm -hmm. you know you got to you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about that because you love marketing, I love marketing. We could talk all day about uh, about finding deals and finding motivated sellers. What's working well for you these days, Justin? Well, I am focused on radio. That's where I spent my first 12 months and I'm just implementing PPC and hopefully some direct mail very soon. You're focusing on radio. Yep. Okay. All, everything was purchased from radio except one from a wholesaler. Okay. So you are doing radio ads in your local stations and, and how big of a market are you working in? I'm not familiar with Omaha, but what's the population of, of the city? Um, they, they call the metro area about a million, but you know, they really they really spread that out a lot to, to get that million number, right? Um, it's a big area. Okay, and how many so just for because this is curious, this is really cool. You're the first guy I've talked to in a lot of years who's doing significant radio and making it work. So what's uh what's your secret sauce? Uh commitment, just staying with it. Uh, took a couple months to get a deal first time. And then, you know, I'm starting to get calls that saying, hey, Aunt Jen said 
that she heard your radio and I should call you some, and this might be a person in Arizona or, or some other state even, you know, so Very it's, cool. it's kind of picked up some traction that way. So when you first started, that was a bit of a leap of faith there, Justin, especially if you go two or three months without actually seeing much action. So what kind of frequency are your ads going out on? What kind of ads are they? What uh, are they? 30 seconds, a minute, how many stations? Can you give us a kind of a overview of what that looks like? Yeah. Yeah. I'm running on four stations. One of them I'm doing 30 seconds, the other 60 seconds. Um, I dropped the one down to 30 seconds because I wasn't getting much return as far mm-hmm. as calls on that. Cause I have a different phone number for each radio station. Smart, smart. And then, so I, I still wanted to keep my information out there to that radio station, even though I wasn't getting a lot of return from, from that particular one. But I, I get things like contractors calling me too. I almost all of my contractors have come from people calling in from the radio. And so I send them to a form and I need an electrician. I go to my form and I find someone. And you know, so it's been it's been good from a several different perspectives. Very smart. That's a good idea. So just to give people an idea, that's a pretty big commitment to be advertising on four stations. Although I might I imagine in today's day and age with with the internets and the interwebs and whatnot, radio costs have gone down a bit. But still, I mean, when you first got going, what kind of a budget were you thinking of and, and comfortable with? Uh, I was doing $3,600 a month to reach a, re- a reasonable market size. And you know, so that's netted me slightly less than a, a deal a month. Well, that's pretty good. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that. That's a good ROI. That's not bad. Very good. Plus, you're, you're you're generating a lot of leads. They might not be deals right now, but they could be deals a few months from now. So, okay. So you got the radio dialed in, and just out of curiosity, is it you doing the radio ads, or did you get a the radio station to do the ads for you? Have you got jingles? What what kind of what kind of <laughs> what would be an example of a Justin Grau radio ad? So, so it is me talking. It was recommended to to be your voice. So if you answer the phone, like, oh, it's the same guy on the radio. Nice. Yeah. Um, I would recommend getting it professionally done. Though the first one, I didn't hear my radio ad for like two months, and there was a re- there was a nice little echo, made it really hard to hear actually. Ooh. So I went and got it professionally done. It made a world of difference, at least from from audibility part. Right. So, so, so sorry, you got it professionally done. It was still your voice, but you had it done in a studio. Is that what I'm hearing? That's right. Yeah. Ah. So what did the radio guys tell you? Hey, just call this number and, and record, pre-record your commercial on over the phone or what, what do they just say? Send in a, a, an audio file and we'll take care of it from there. Or how did that work? Yeah. I was just sending an audio file and, and on the audio file, it actually sounded fine. But once I heard it on the radio, I was like, that is not, the way it sounded well that's kind of <laughs> crappy and the fact that you're the radio salesperson didn't draw your attention to that you know well, that's I don't, black mark against them if you ask me but that's just my opinion well maybe he heard the same way i did and then you know because he was out of state so he's not hearing the radio uh, station ads once they're once they're on that's right same thing up here in canada a lot of the stations have been taken over by a big kind of conglomeration so you're dealing with somebody you know 1500 2000 miles away that's your your salesperson they're not actually going to hear it yeah okay all right so radios work pretty well for you what else if, if anything are you doing for marketing 
I just started pay-per-click um, just to, the radio has slowed down. And so I'm starting to realize I need multiple yeah. lead generating methods. And so I'm working on that. And then, like I said, direct mail as well, I'll add in there and kind of start fine tuning those to find the balance. Well, I think you've done the volume of deals now that um, you, you definitely got good proof of concept. You've got your your systems in place for doing these kind of flips. And yeah, you're probably ready to scale up and some stuff back. Not that I did flips, but I did creative type deals. So I was trying to find the same kind of sellers that, that you're looking for. So back in the day, just, just some old school stuff that worked really well. Vehicle signage, man. I, I can tell you, I can point to four deals at least that I got from the I buy houses signs on the side of my, at that time, oh, yeah. purple, purple minivan. <laughs> so vehicle signage is very cost effective and uh, works really, really well. Some smart guys I knew they would, they would actually pay people to put their signage on their vehicles. So they'd have a little fleet flotilla of mobile billboards driving around town with I buy houses signage all over. You can get those magnetic signs if, if they don't want to do a full decal or something like that. So those, those are a couple of things that, uh, that you might think of as well. Yeah. There's a lot of creative stuff to do. It's negative. Getting the Pick time to do it. Two, try to implement it and then, and then move on to the next. And yeah, uh, there's sure. all, only so many hours of the week. Okay. So you got the flipping business going. What is uh, what? What are your plans for the next twelve months or so, Justin? What do you? Where do you want to see your real estate investing taking you? Well, I'm looking to scale up to three to five deals a month for and flips. No, just just period deals. Okay. I want to retain uh, two thirds of those by either rental or creating notes. Very smart seller finance. So you've you've learned the whole ins and outs of doing the flipping business and you got that pretty dialed in. You got your contractors in place. Now it sounds like you want to keep doing that because that's a great way of generating cash flow, but also cherry pick a few of those good ones to fix up and hold on to long-term as rentals or to sell them with owner financing. Is that what I'm understanding? That's right. Yep. Smart. Why have you decided to kind of go down that path, Justin? Well, I, I always really wanted to go down that path. It was yeah. just about having the cash to buy properties and hold them. Mm. So, yeah. you know, it was just was more natural for me to, to start flipping and, and generate the cash. And so I can get the marketing machine really running and some cash to buy. Yeah, no, that makes sense. It reminds me of a, a client of ours, Matt. He kind of did the same thing. He flipped like crazy for uh for a few years, built up a bit of a war chest, then ran out and he bought some properties. And instead of flipping them, he did the burr strategy with them. That worked well. And then he would uh, he would refinance them and bring in people after the fact, investors after the fact, with their IRAs. And that way he could kind of rinse and repeat and and use his capital over and over again to do, do the full bird type thing with that. So what what are your thoughts moving ahead on how you're going to be buying and financing these buy and hold type properties? Yeah, so with some of my own money, of course, I'm actually looking to put together a 
a small limited partnership to, to mm -hmm. gather. Um, I'm, I'm hoping to raise a million dollars. I want to, I'm going to put a hundred thousand of my own into it. And mm -hmm. then uh, the goal is to buy a certain amount of homes, either creatively cash do the Burr method. And then at the end of, you know, hopefully 24 months or so return all that capital. And so I'll have some, some uh, like, like milestone in there for what the return to the investor looks like. Yeah, no, that's, that's a, that's a good plan of action. Another, another one, like this guy that was doing all those flips before, then what he discovered was instead of just building up that war chest of money, which, which was good. That was a good, good thing for him to do. Now what he's starting to do as well is bring on, instead of doing the whole LP type thing, he brings on joint venture partners. So they'll bring on a partner. They'll do a deal together. The partner will bring in the cash, all of the cash. And if needed, all of the credit as well. Matt brings the, the team and the experience and the know-how and the deal. They join forces and they share in the profits. And the nice thing about that is it really lowers the risk for Matt because he's he's not having to come out of pocket and pay interest payments while he's getting the deal stabilized. And at the end of the day, it actually ends up returning higher returns for his investor partners, which leads to them reinvesting which leads to them referring, recommending them to their friends and their family members. So kind of creates a nice little uh, replicatable system that you can just kind of do over and over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, no, that works. Okay, so what, through this, I mean, I, I really admire what you've done in a short period of time. There must've been some hiccups along the way. <laughs> what have been some of the challenges or the, or the things you've had to overcome? Yeah, like I said, the I had some fits and starts at the beginning before I really started rolling in March. As you know, right at the first of the year, I actually was going to do Facebook ads. I found an agency. Um, they said they do this, that, and the other. Um, it never happened. It, it didn't happen the way they said it would. Um, I I end up having to uh, file a complaint with the state attorney general on them. Wow. Um, yeah was was heading towards filing a lawsuit finally they returned my money and so in that meantime i had a bunch of money tied up basically all my marketing money because I, I you know their program was basically you put out like six months of of money up front or, or whatever the wow. whatever the Holy deal smokes. was yeah. on on the marketing and and they had good reviews and stuff so you know it i don't know what happened i had a bad account manager whatever the case is um, it didn't work out, but so in between that time, I was stuck with no money to do anything. So I was wow. waiting and waiting. And in the meantime, I found radio as something I thought was worth trying. Well, I'm really glad that worked well for you, man. That would, that would kind of give, give a guy a, a sour taste <laughs> for a while after that. Eh? Yeah. That's yeah. a challenge. Sometimes working with agencies, the, the idea is great. You want to you do want to practice Dan, Dan Sullivan's who, not how, to the greatest degree possible. However, there are certain things that you definitely want to keep your fingers in. And even if you're delegating and 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 that kind of stuff, you still want to have control over it. And I, I think marketing is one of those big things. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So better luck with your, your next uh, outsourcing of, of the marketing side of things. I think there are some really good people, but just maybe not. Yeah. 
six putting up six months worth ahead of time that is a little bit of extreme any any other learning experiences along the way what about contractors and just getting stuff done in a timely fashion and on time and on budget did you have a background in that before or was this new i've got a little bit of a project management background yeah so you know that was helpful but i'm I'm sure my first flip was probably ten thousand dollars overspent right this contractor did that and this one did that and they're all stepping over each other and um you know you just don't know who the right people are sometimes in the beginning Mm -hmm. just kind of relationship building and, and experience working with people right right so that first one was did you still make a few bucks on that first one yeah, the first one worked out really well. Oh, well, so, that's good. <laughs> Not the, those those kind of learning experiences aren't too bad if you still made yeah. a profit at the end of the day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, well, you know, I've got a question for you because, you know, at the time that we're recording this, it's mid-March 2023. Uh, I'm not sure how things are in Omaha, but in a lot of the rest of North America, you know, interest rates have gone way up and demands a little bit on the soft side and the real estate market has cooled off a little bit that could pose challenges and and dangers for flippers Uh, are you seeing any challenges with that these days justin yeah i'm not seeing a lot of challenges here in my market i've heard of people having other challenges but i'm also trying not to do really big rehabs as well so you know i'm reducing that time risk on there but the inventory here in Omaha is really low. So if you buy right, price right on the back end, you're going to be in good shape, at least right now. Yeah. So the real trick there is is getting those properties at the right price because you're in a good market. And I've heard that about the Midwest. It's just nice, steady, eddy kind of market. Doesn't go up like crazy, doesn't come down like crazy. It's kind of even keeled, which is a huge advantage, um, yeah. especially if you're in this kind of a of a business. So I guess the question would be there, what kind of price point are you targeting? Like what, what kind of offers do you have to make for these deals to make sense for you financially? Like what percentage of ARV do you have to get the property at? Um, that's That's a tough one because and I, I buy subject to and owner finance and stuff as well. Okay, cool. Yeah. So it's if a cash deal, I'm I'm trying to be 70 to 75% into the deal after rehab so that I can put it on the market at about 95% to make sure I sell it. Nice. So you're selling it at a you're getting it at a smoking deal, and then you're selling at a little bit of a discount for a quick sale to get out of that quickly. Right. Do you, for sales, do you work with a realtor or you do FISBO? Um, I always put a for sale sign in the yard while I'm doing work. And nice. then yeah. once the work's done, I'll list with a realtor. So I've had, I've got one going to a realtor now. And then I sold another one with a realtor and then I've sold a couple without the realtors. So would you say it's about 50-50, the ones that you sell on your own versus realtor? Um. Uh, Probably more like 25% are with the realtors. Oh, really? So you sell most of them yourself? Yeah. Cool. Now, the other question I wanted to ask you, 
sorry, they were kind of bounced around here, but they come to mind. And, and so I just spit them up yeah. just because I'm really curious because you're a busy guy. You're working at a full-time job. Um, how are, how have you systematized the process, especially for leads coming in? Are they calling you? I noticed you said you had four different numbers for one for each radio station they're calling. Are those going to voicemails? Then you're checking them after work. How does that kind of thing work for you? Yeah, so they have the CRM that I use has the voicemail, has text, the whole follow-up sequence. So then I have like a short-term follow-up and a minimum-term follow-up and a long-term follow-up that I'll kind of drop them through. Nice. Um, and so that I can try to get on the phone with them because that's the key is getting them on the phone, right? So mm-hmm. uh, I'm, I'm in the car a lot driving. You know, I'll be driving two and a half hours, two hours to where oh, I'm for working. Work. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So I I have a lot of time to to do some hands-off stuff, right? So if I get a call, come in, I can I can answer it. Right. Okay. No, that makes things that makes things a little bit more convenient. That's for sure. So knowing what you know now, Justin, if you were to rewind the clock and go back not that long ago, just a year or so. Besides the fiasco with the agency that hijacked your money for a while there, is there anything that you would do differently? You know, besides starting earlier? Yeah. Yeah. No. yeah, good. It's all been a good a good experience for you. It's been working working well for you. And moving ahead over the next 12 months, if you could wave that realistic magic wand how many you're talking about you want to be doing about three deals a month. That's going to involve a lot more deal flow, a lot more marketing. How are, how are you seeing managing that? Yeah. So I'll, I'm putting together a team now Mm -hmm. for the incoming calls, the acquisition side of things. And, and that's going to be a lot more work on the front end as well, getting them up to speed and, and making sure that they're doing things the way I want. But the goal is when I get to that three to five deals a month, which is hopefully very, very soon, uh, my team is ramped up to handle that. And so my workload at that point really will be the same or less than it is today. Right. Because you'll be very, very focused on your highest value activities. Are you going to, at that point, are you going to focus 100% on real estate or are you going to keep doing your job? No, I'm, I'm going to get to a point where I'm 100% focused on real estate. Yeah, no, that's a good place to be. Excellent. And now when it comes to financing all of these deals, what do you do to, to purchase these properties? How does that look these days? You know, luckily I have two of my friends are two of the hard money lenders here in Omaha. So um, they trust me. They, they, they've known me for a long time. And so they, they've trusted me from deal one. And so I, I just reach out to both of them and see who can fund the deal I'm looking at. And I've had no issues. Oh, that's awesome. And what, how much of it do they fund usually? Do you have to put up a down payment or they funding a hundred percent? I've the first one I did, I funded the rehab a hundred percent to show proof of concept. I know what I'm doing. So I didn't ask for more than the purchase, but they funded a hundred percent of the purchase. Now I try to get a hundred percent of purchase and rehab funded. Very nice. So for people that aren't familiar with how hard money lenders work, can you kind of just walk us walk us through briefly 
how does that typically work? I mean, now, now you've got that relationship, but if you didn't have that relationship, how would it typically look? Yeah. I mean, the easiest place to find them is the local RIA, right? Their, mm -hmm. their whole job in that business is to deploy their money. So they're looking for people like us investors that they can deploy their money safely and get it back. Right. Mm -hmm. um, so the local face, Facebook groups, the local meetups, and just put your deal together, right? Something presentable. What's it cost to get into it? Pictures, ARV, um, you know, like you would be presenting it to somebody you might want to invest as a equity investor. Right. Do the same thing for your hard money person. Make it easy for them to say yes. And typically, if you don't have that much of a relationship with them, when you're getting started, what kind of loan to value are they usually willing to do? Well, I've, I've talked to a bunch and some will do up to 100% of the purchase, but maybe not necessarily the rehab. Mm -hmm. And then, but a lot of them are more in that 80, 90% um, fund of the purchase and the rehab. Okay, that makes sense. As long as they, the appraisal comes in and shows them that, you know, you're not overpaying for the property and, and your estimates are online with what it's going to be worth after the fact. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. And then with hard money lenders, do they chip typically, you know, they charge a, a higher interest rate than the banks, obviously, and points there. What, what can you tell us a little bit about what that looks like? Maybe not with the guys that you're working with, because you're pretty tight with them, but in general, what have you seen? No, I, I pay the same market rate as everyone else here in Omaha to those guys. Um, you know, it's their business model. They run it like a business, right? It's no, no favors for friends. Yeah. So, um, you know, it ranges from, with, with these guys, 18, 19% interest only. Um, I've seen others that are uh, three or four points and 12%. Mm -hmm. Um but I, I, I've looked at a bunch and even those those lower interest rates, because I'm only trying to be in a deal for 30 to 90 days. If I pay three or four points on 12%, I'm paying more than I am at 18% because those points really, really. Because you're paying the three or four points on the total purchase price versus the higher. Yeah. So how does that typically work? If they're, let's say, I don't know, what kind of price point are you looking at? What typically for the kind of properties you're at? Yeah, so probably I have purchased for as low as seventeen thousand, but um, most of my stuff seems to be in the hundred, hundred fifty range. Yeah, so let's right. say let's say we're a hundred, just for easy numbers. If they're charging three or four points, that means right off the top they're charging you three or four thousand dollars on that loan amount, plus the twelve percent interest annualized on the hundred thousand dollars. So you're in and out in three months or four months kind of thing. So you've crunched your numbers. You realize that, Hey, I could, I could pay 18% and still be less expensive than that initial points on the whole loan. Is that what I'm understanding? That's right. Yes, absolutely. All right. See, that's, that's all the stuff a person has to keep in mind because it's like, Oh, 18%. That's crazy. But actually if you're in it fast, if you're efficient, like you are, it's less expensive than the points plus the interest. Good to know. Yeah. Good to know. Awesome, Justin. Well, this has been a lot of fun. If people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, where should they go? What should they do? Yeah, they just reach me at my email. It's uh, justin at sellyourpropertyfast.com. That's a darn good 
URL there. <laughs> sell your property not fast. Sell, sell your property fast.com. That is a good URL. Yeah, awesome, thanks. Justin. It's been a lot of fun. Thanks for your thanks for your time and thanks for your insights. Yeah, thanks for having me on, Dave. I really appreciate it. My pleasure. Thanks All right, everybody. Take care. Take care, and we'll talk to you on the next episode.